Julie, welcome to Saltier Politics on this rainy New York day. How are you doing? I'm good. It's like a monsoon out there today. It's really bad. I um, had to take my son to school this morning. I actually ended up driving him, which is pathetic because it's just a few blocks away, but it was so bad that I didn't feel like walking back. So I got very lazy and took my car. I feel that though. It's really gross out. And the subways, like the images of the subway still are disgustingly flooded so yeah exactly the subway is nowhere to be in a flood it's like the opposite of a safe zone truth okay so I wanted to ask you one of my friends was asking me for advice on a specific issue she works at a big financial firm she has this co-worker she's the only female in her team and she has this co-worker who completely just doesn't listen to her he's a little older than her and for, I'll just give you two examples one, he came into work, he was coughing and sniffling, and she asked him to please put on a mask because her mom, who's immunocompromised, is coming into town and she didn't want to get him sick. And he's like, no, 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 it's it's not COVID. I don't need a mask. So then she had to wear, she put one on and then everybody started asking her, hey, why why are you wearing a mask? And then she said to about her coworker, he, he isn't feeling well, he's sick. And then he lies, obviously, and he's like, no, I'm totally fine. Another point where he disregards her is they're not allowed to use their personal phones for work or to really communicate with each other. So she has told him multiple times, please stop using your work phone to contact me. And he still does. And he bullies her. And and I told her, I'm like, I really think you should go to your director. You should talk about this. And she's like, won't I look like a complainer though? And won't I look like just that sensitive girl on the team? And I feel like this is the stuff we've been talking about all the time, but it's just like issue upon issue where he disregards her. And with a bully, don't you think there's a point where you have to stand up? Well, is he her boss or is he just a colleague, not not colleague. above her? So yeah. Nobody's in charge of anybody in the scenario. They're just co-equal. Correct. Right. Here's the, here's the dilemma. Um, you know, HR is not your friend. We keep thinking that HR exists and HR has tried to tell you for years that HR is your friend, but the reality is HR is there to protect the company. Yeah. I think one of the things that she should, that I would advise her to do is not just go to her boss, but to actually email her boss. So it's in writing Okay. and just say, I don't necessarily want to make a mountain out of a molehill about this, but we have policies of the office about, masks and COVID, if somebody, especially if somebody's potentially symptomatic. Um, we have policies about not using our, our phone for, for personal calls. Uh, and yet he's doing this in violation of the policy, but I would put it in writing because what I have found is that unless you put things in writing, it will always be, he said, she said scenario. And chances are the, he said is going to take precedence over the she said. So it's uh, I'm a big believer in documenting everything. Just document, 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 and do it in writing. And I told her to also keep a journal of every single thing, even if it's a small microaggression. Is that good advice or not? I think so. I think it's good advice. Look, I, I get it. I, I totally said I spent my entire career not wanting to rock the boat, and I got really far in life not rocking the boat. But I think as, as I think about this, all that does is just compound the rage that you have inside you because right. you're supposed to tamp it down to be a good girl. Ultimately, you explode, right? It's just going to come out of you 
in a way that may not potentially be in your own best interest or in the best interest of the situation. So I would say the key to these situations is documenting without knowing her personal situation or her boss. I would say that I think it's helpful to have a private discussion with her boss, but I would, uh, but I would initially do it in writing. I really would. I, I would not do it verbally because at the end of the day, if it comes down to it, the boss will be told by HR and by lawyers and by others to protect the company and not her. Okay. And, and again, too, on calls, for example, he stayed home the next day and on a call, he's like, well, I stayed home because he's being sensitive about me having a sniffle. So he, he is bullying her in front of people and making her seem like a whiner. And yeah, if I were to I'd also write him a note. Okay. Actually, that's really smart. And just say, I have I it in writing. And really like, take, yeah, just I take exception to you saying that I was sensitive, quote unquote, about anything. It's not a matter of sensitivity. It's a matter of company policy, if it is, in fact, company policy, which it sounds like it is. Okay. So that's very good advice. That's, that's what I would do. But my, my advice to everybody is just to document everything. And again, I, I just want to be very clear. Nobody wants to be the complainer. Nobody right. wants to come forward. People just want to work. She's the only woman on the team, so that's a whole nother. Yeah, you know, saying somebody's sensitive if you're a woman is 30 seconds away from saying that they're hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not that women are more sensitive than men. It's that they have things to be sensitive about that men don't have to worry about being sensitive about because it doesn't happen to them. Correct. All right. So... We're doing like a rapid fire today. So tell me what you are salty about, Julie. I'm salty about Donald Trump Jr., who generally I don't think enough about to be salty or not. But not (laughs) just him, but all these people who are really being disgusting about this horrible Alec Baldwin situation out in New Mexico. I think you probably know about this. But if you remember, Alec Baldwin was on a movie set. He was handed what he thought was a quote unquote cold gun, uh, a gun with no bullets that fires blanks for a scene Apparently, the gun was loaded with a bullet, and tragically, he shot it um, at the camera, which is where he was supposed to shoot it, and and the director of photography, the woman, Halima, I think is her name, Helena Hutchins, uh, a a good Russian girl like me, died tragically, um, was shot, and and I believe the director uh, of the movie was also wounded, although not fatally. Look, this is a horrible, horrible tragedy. That happened, and a woman is dead, and not just a woman, the mother of a nine year old son, somebody's wife, a member of somebody's family. And these Republicans, starting with Donald Trump Jr., are running around gleefully saying, selling t shirts. Apparently, Donald Trump Jr. selling t shirts that says, Guns don't kill, kill people, Alec Baldwin kills people. The same people who, every time there's a, there's a school shooting, says, oh, you know, it's too soon, it's too soon, why are we talking about gun safety, it's too soon, are now running around trashing Alec Baldwin for something that is an absolute tragedy. And by the way, it's not too soon to be talking about why there are guns used on movie sets when we're able to literally use CGI to create, you know, <laughs> other planets and other <laughs> and other civilizations, but we can't use CGI to, to create a gun. That's a legitimate question to talk about. Gun safety on movie sets is a legitimate question to talk about. It's not too soon to talk about that. But to but to personalize this to Alec Baldwin, whose life I think is kind of 
irretrievably affected by this. Oh, he has to live with this every day, like every day for the rest of his life. And not somebody who remotely was, it sounds to me, was careless about the use of guns or in any way, shape or form did anything other than trust that the gun that he was handed for a movie that he's probably been handed similarly for millions. I don't know how many movies Alec Baldwin's done, but he's had a very long career over the course of his life was safe. I mean, this is a human being we're talking about both the one who died, who should not be mocked like this. Um, Again, she has a son who has to live with this. I mean, the son I think is the same age as my son. And I just, I can't even imagine if something were to happen to me, what, what the reaction would be from this child. And also Alec Baldwin, who I don't care if you like Alec Baldwin or you hate Alec Baldwin or you think Alec Baldwin's a, a, a great guy or a jerk. I don't care where you think, where you stand on Alec Baldwin's politics. I mean, if this happened to John Voight, or, you know, who's a, who's obviously a, a big Republican, I feel the same way. This is just an awful tragedy. And for these people to politicize it this way, there really is no bottom. There is no moral bottom to them. It's just, it's not even making me salty. It's just beyond salty. I'm just, you know, we should change this to disgusted politics because it's so disgusting. It's Do you gross. think it's retribution for Alec Baldwin playing their of father? Course. Of course, because if Alec Baldwin had been defending Donald Trump, and if Alec Baldwin were a huge pro-Trump Republican, they would all be rallying to, Donald, to Alec Baldwin right now and saying, poor Alec Baldwin and guns don't kill people, people who miss, you know... It's 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 all political. Everything is politicized. Everything is politicized. Even tragedy like this is politicized by these people. It's disgusting. And I and I sincerely mean this. If this if Donald Trump had ever misfired, not misfired, but if Donald Trump were ever on a movie set and were given a gun and shot it with a real bullet in it and killed somebody, I would be the first to say this is awful for Donald Trump. Not to mention the woman that Donald Trump shot if he, in fact, had killed somebody. Right. So many people are impacted. This is like a human being we're talking about. There's a level of inhumanity to these people that I think is almost, I don't have the psychological background to describe it, but there is something psychologically really wrong with them. I don't diagnose anybody. I don't pretend to know anything about psychology, but... That's just not normal. It's just not right. It's just not normal. I'm sorry. It's a complete lack of empathy. Exactly right. I mean, the things that I think we see in little children when we first look at kids before they learn how to read, before they learn how to write, before they learn how to do anything, you look for clues about whether a child has empathy. Or at least I did with my own and with with other kids that he's around. You just, empathy is, that's a great way to describe it. Because that's a character trait that is almost innate in you. Mm-hmm. It can be taught, but I think a lot of most people are also born with a sense of empathy. And my question is, are these people just not born with a sense of empathy that's then not fostered in them? Or is it that they're born with a sense of empathy that is almost beaten out of them? I mean, was Donald Trump Jr. born an empathetic human being and then just his father's example just beat it out of him? Right. And he's so maybe desperate for approval that he's just... Of course. Of course. But you know why? Because, and this is if you grew up, I'm, I'm sort of the same age as Donald Trump. Junior is he's a little bit younger. But if you grew up in the New York area and you hung out in certain circles um, in New York back in the day, Donald Trump Jr. was always kind of 
the you know what leftover. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a joke. And by the way, when I first met Donald Trump Jr. many, many, many years ago, he's a really nice guy. And I just remember thinking, wow, something must have Ivanka Ivana Trump must have done something right because he's a really nice guy. <laughs> no matter what his father is like, and this is before his father ran for anything. This is going back, I don't know, a few decades probably. Something's changed. Something's changed, and I think it's that he's finally getting the recognition from his father that he's always craved, or the recognition from the MAGA crowd that he's never gotten at home from his dad. Um, but it doesn't mean you have to turn into a complete full-fledged monster, and he kind of has, and it's sad, and it's sad for him. And on his deathbed, I wonder if he's going to think maybe if he has the emotional maturity or whatever, develop the emotional maturity to think, wow, I mean, I'm sitting here monetizing somebody's death. Right. And And it's also sad for his kids because that's what they're seeing. And that's the example. And, you know, you see, you do. Or it's hard to to not emulate your parent. Of course. And you think about this poor woman's son and what what this has done to their dad and how it's going to affect them. I mean, this is just tragic all around. And to, to make light of it and to monetize it is just reprehensible and you're absolutely right it just shows that this is somebody without a scintilla of empathy at all everything's political well can i tell you that leads right into what i'm salty about with someone without empathy i would believe it'd be mark zuckerberg based on all of this coming out about facebook and instagram and how he used to say company before country um to end his meetings is really, really, really horrible. And knowing the mental impact that Facebook, that Instagram has on young kids, especially in teenagers, is so, like, it's it's horrific. How do you feel, I guess, as a mom, too, knowing that you, your son is going to be you know, wanting to be a part of social media to not be left out, but then also constantly comparing because that's what it forces you to do. Well, first and foremost, I'm glad that he's not a young girl because that's who we find, find really is affected by this, especially by Instagram. Um, you know, it's interesting. My Facebook is not, I keep my Facebook just to my friends. Like it's 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 not set to a, a default that everybody could read like Twitter or Instagram. And that's because I post pictures of my son on it. And so I don't necessarily want those out there for the world, but I do want people who I know to see them so that I don't have to send them one by one to everybody um, who might be interested. Whenever I post a picture of him and he'll see it, he'll be like, how many likes did that get? How many likes did that get? And I'm thinking, who cares? (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) Because sometimes you're mindlessly scrolling through Facebook and you'll just click like on somebody's picture just because you'll click like on somebody's picture. You, you, you know them or you know it's important to them. It's not like you ever think about it five seconds after you do it. But just that small psychological thing, you see how but, people are basing that. Yeah, it's like an approval junkie kind of scenario. Like you need this like approval drug in you. I think it's kind of insane. But but the interesting thing about this is, you know, there's a part of me that's like, that's it. I'm getting off Facebook. I'm getting off Instagram. Screw you, Mark Zuckerberg. And yet you almost can't because I think about I have been in touch with people and have reignited friendships with people who I haven't spoken to since literally middle school. 
I know that's that's the the key. I, I barely use Facebook, but some of my old teachers from high school or my old coaches, and I'll keep that's the only way to keep in touch with them. Yeah, I'm not gonna email them, but you know they'll comment on a picture, and then you get or you see their update, and that's true. You know, I um I was friended by my third grade science teacher. I truly had not seen him since the third grade, which was 40 years ago, <laughs> which is insane. And he's still teaching and it's wonderful. I love seeing his pictures. I love seeing that he's got a daughter who's um, an adult who did not exist. Obviously when I knew him, um, he wasn't married when I knew him and now he's got this whole family and he obviously knew me when I was younger than my son. And now he sees that I have a family and it's things like that that I think Facebook is wonderful for. And then you balance that against the fact that really Mark Zuckerberg is, is kind of pure evil. Based right. On and he things. saw these studies. He saw in, in, instead of like putting posts in chronological order, they put them to what will get the most interaction, which is oftentimes. Well, correct. and not that things that get a like did not uh, get as much traction on the algorithm as things that that emojis like rage or sadness. Um, were associated with because they want to promote things that cause emotion, which is how you have people creating rage. You know what I get a lot of on Facebook, whatever their algorithm thinks? I think they think I'm obsessed with the British royal family, which I'm not, <laughs> because I get a tremendous amount of articles popping up about the British royal family. And I have to imagine it's probably because I went through this phase of just when I binge watched The Crown, doing a lot of my own research mm -hmm. on it. But suddenly now uh, Facebook thinks I'm like somebody who cares what Meghan Markle is up to. And let me be honest with you, I, I kind of don't. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting to see. I have to say, though, because I follow different workout people and different workout classes and all of that, the, it quickly devolves into diets, appearances, weight loss. It gets goes from healthy to dangerous very quickly. And like, I, I can tell that, but the line is so gray. And for somebody who's 16 or 17, whose frontal lobe is not fully developed, like you can go right over that very thin line. You know what? Now that I think about it, I get, a, um, I get some weight loss stuff, which um, I don't ever click on. So I don't know why they ever sent it to me, but that's true. I do get some diet stuff, which, which, is not, I don't ever look up workout. Like there's nothing in my search profile that would denote that I care about weight loss or exercise for that matter. So I don't know why, why it keeps popping up, but you're right. I guess, I guess by default. So what are you looking forward to this week or next week? Are, are you dressing up for Halloween? I am dressing up for Halloween. I'm going to post a picture. I'm not going to tell you what it is right now, but I am dressing up for Halloween my little guy is going as an evil jester, um, which is a really cool costume, which I'll, I'll, I'll also post because you can't see his face. So I'll, I'm happy to, to post that. Um, and he's got this big evil scepter. He's very excited. And we're going with my cousins um, who are adults who are great and always go trick-or-treating with us. But you know what the bummer is? There is in New York, I don't know if you know this, they, before COVID, would shut down blocks on the Upper West Side that people could go trick-or-treating on. And the brownstones all along these blocks, 69th Street was the big place that they did it, um, from Central Park West all the way down to Broadway, so it's two full blocks. 
of just shut down of traffic and you would go trick or treating and it was like a party. It was like a huge block party. Everybody would be dressed up. Every one of these brownstones would go. When I say all out, I mean almost Broadway level type decorations um, with like pyrotechnics. I mean, it was an amazing, amazing thing. And it was just the best place to go trick or treating in America, I think. Or I shouldn't say that. I haven't been everywhere in America, but the coolest place I've ever gone trick or treating. And now for the second year in a row, they're not doing it because of COVID, which is a total bummer. And the way trick-or-treating works now around here is I don't even think people are going to open up their house. I think they're just going to leave some candy outside their apartments, um, which is not really that cool because people then can't see your costume. Right. But we'll see. We'll, we'll muddle through. I'm just excited that I have a little boy who still likes to go trick-or-treating because I think it's so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What are you my doing? My dad would always go with us. Um, I am going to a party, and I'm – some of my friends are dressing up. I don't know if you see the have seen the show Lucifer on Netflix. I've never even heard of the show Lucifer. I love it. There's also this gay character who's a badass with it. She's a demon. Uh, her name is Mazakeen. So I'm being her. One of my friends is being Lucifer, and we're kind of kind of being the whole cast. So that'll be really fun. We'll 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 share pictures. Yes, for sure. Well, my picture, my line is pretty. Cool. I can't wait to know because you've been some pretty. What have been your favorite costumes in the past couple of years? Do you think it will top that? that yes, is the question. I do. I think a lot of people might not be happy with it, but I don't care. Oh, I'm it's got excited. A of, it's got a bit of a political message. Excellent. So I will I will keep you posted next week. How about that? And I'll right. post it on Sunday, which is Halloween. Isn't Sunday Halloween? It is, right? Yes. So I will post it on Sunday. There you go. And the best thing is my son's school does not have school on Monday because they anticipate that the kids will be so on sugar that they always cancel school the day after Halloween, which is pretty cool. That's smart. So, All right. Well, I can't yeah. wait to hear about it and we'll talk soon.